going on, y'all? This is your girl, Brie Undeniably, checking in for another episode of my speaker series, Deep Conversations with Dope Individuals, where we're discussing development, decision-making, and a dedication to purpose. Today, as always, here with another super dope individual, really excited to introduce him, but First and foremost, y'all know I like to get my shout outs out in the beginning or else I'll forget in the end. So uh, shout out to Gotham Podcast, excuse me, Gotham Production Studio, who has now become Gotham Production Studio. Um, They are the ones hooking it up with the space, the audio and visual, the team behind the scenes is amazing. Um, They are always producing high quality podcasts in audio and video form. So they are the ones that have provided me this podcast studio and I am very grateful. So shout out to Gotham. Second, shout out to MC Kicks. If you have not checked out MC, uh, please do so. They are number one for all your customized kicks and merch needs. So they do denims and kicks. Um, everything is hand-painted, made to order. Uh, they also have apparel. I'm wearing an MC NYC t-shirt right now. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that. Um, and if you want to check them out, you can go to E-M-C-E-E-K-I-C-K-S. If you add a .com, you're going to get to their website. That's where you can put in your orders and get all of your merch. So shout out to MC. Finally, when you're doing your own thing, you got to pump yourself up. So if you have not checked out my site, that's briandeniably.com. That's where you can obviously see everything that's happening with the podcast, but you can also see everything that's happening in other realms of my business, including the podcast tour that I'm on now, speaking engagements that I'm going to be uh, appearing on in the future, um, workshops, trainings, coaching, and all of my dope individual merch and I Am Possible gear. So go check that out, briandeniably.com. All right. So we are kicking into the episode. I am here with Bo Bissett. Bo, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bri. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Awesome. Well, I'm going to give you the introduction that you deserve, and then we're going to kick right into it. Uh, you already did. You called me a dope individual. I think that's the first time I've ever been called dope. So that's um, I'll run with that if you want. You are definitely a dope individual. And for uh, everyone listening, I well, I think most of my listeners know that I um, have made an acronym for dope as someone who is driving on purpose every day. And right. Uh, you are surely doing that. I can't wait for everyone to uh, hear more about that. So <laughs> I will give you the brief introduction. That uh, okay. So Bo has spent the first four decades of his life uh, punishing, mutilating, de- uh, demeaning, and destroying himself. Somewhere along the line, he realized those daily practices only made things worse. And despite his wishes to not move forward, he found a way. That's when he stopped trying to bury himself and in instead started lifting. Amoni is um, a practice that Bo has created, and it's a blended philosophy incorporating kinesiology, which is muscle testing, meridian release points, um, paranamic breathing. I might, oh, no, oh, I'm sorry, Pran- pranayamic. pranayamic. <laughs> there you go. You got, it. you got it. Pranayamic breathing. We'll talk about what that is. Um, right. And NLP. Together, these practices form a heart-centered clearing method that gets you out of your own way, skyrockets your in- intuition, and removes the controls you, you and removes the controls your past emotions have over today's decisions and tomorrow's results. Bo, really excited to have you on the show. Welcome again. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate the introduction. For sure. So um, obviously, I'm super excited to have you learn more about what we're talking about, um, <laughs> especially, uh, clearly, there's uh, big learning points here for me. So really excited to get into it. But the way that I like to start is actually in the counseling community, we like to meet our clients where they're at. It's really helpful for getting an understanding of who you are beyond the biography. And I think it's great for listeners, too. So um, for the podcast, will you you help listeners meet you where you're at yeah uh right here and right now yeah just to start so they can get to know you a little bit better um let's see i'm 46 years old i live in kaohsiung taiwan uh i've been here for five years um and yeah i'm a big fan of asia i've been in and out of asia for the last 20 years so um I've lived in Taiwan, various places in Taiwan. I've lived in Vietnam, various places in Vietnam, um, and then traveled all over. I've cycled through Taiwan, Vietnam, Cambodia, uh, Thailand, wow. and yeah, so... Wow. So, so, uh, traveling has also been a, a, a part of your life for sure, but you- yeah, yeah. Actually I was running. I don't okay. know. You can call it, you can call it, some people call it traveling. Um, if you really look at the, uh, the truth of behind what I was doing, I was, I was actually running. So. Wow. Well, Hey, uh, I know we just had our own brief side conversation before we started here and you know, my love for running now. So that is incredible. Well, um, what I really like to do now from here, now that we know where you're at, we're going to go to the beginning. So the, okay. be- the beginning of your story can be anywhere from the day you were born to the day you graduated high school. Um, it's where you believe that your story really started to kick off or where you'd like to bring the listeners to first. Mm. Um, well, I think all of our stories begin like right not far after we're conceived. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the work that I do is based on the subconscious programs that we installed as children. And so, you know, that is where my, that's where my journey started. That's where we, all of our journeys start. And the programs that I installed that I, that dictated the way I've abused myself in life, uh, a lot of them were you know, our self-worth, negative self-worth, uh, anger, frustration. And yeah, those like really just wrecked me for, for, for all of my childhood and the most of my adult life. So I used drugs and alcohol. Uh, like when I said, when I was, when I said I was running earlier, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I meant like running from things got it um, okay different kind of running <laughs> yeah 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 I had, because of i had two accidents when i was in uh in university and they completely wrecked my the lower half of my body so mm. my legs are just destroyed i broke both my femurs crushed my knee um and let's see crushed my ankle left ankle and then yeah shattered my left tibia so it's like it was actually gone. So they had reconstructed from my hip, um, the hip bone, and then they used muscle from my calf and the skin from my thigh to put it all back together. I've got rods and screws and I've had more staples and stitches in me than like you could count in two years. Wow. So my goodness. Yeah. Then yeah, that, that, that was what I did. You know, I used the, the programming that, um, that I installed as a kid and you know, basically I didn't feel worthy. And so I was looking mm-hmm. at, I looked for every, every instance to, to punish myself. And, 
for the majority of my life, I bankrupted myself physically, financially, spiritually, romantically, and then ran away from, basically ran away from home in my 20s because, uh, once again, I had two accidents. Both of them were, uh, I was drinking in both those accidents where I got hurt. Um, and then in my 20s, I got out of school, I got a good job, and I started doing cocaine. And I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't tell my family that I, after, you know, the two drinking accidents, I couldn't tell them that I did it again. So I just ran away. I packed, I didn't pack it up. I gave everything away. Um, I got a booked a ticket to London. I had a friend that was in the military and, uh, or he just gotten out. He's in the uh, private sector then. And, um, uh, so I got a ticket to see, go see him. And then I, on the way to the airport, I gave my brother the keys to my car. I was like, it's yours, man. I do whatever you want with it. And, uh, yeah, I just, just left. And from there, I just bounced, you know, I left and bounced around Europe and Asia, just teaching English and just literally drowning myself in alcohol and punishing myself with drugs. Wow. Well, first and foremost, I appreciate your transparency and thank you so much for, yeah, for, for sharing with listeners because, you know, what you're saying, and I know in your work, you also know this, um, though you might have felt so alone in those moments, there are people, uh, seriously struggling and battling and in those places, uh, that you once were. So, um, you know, which is so important and really a huge part of the podcast for me and hearing people tell their stories because it's a journey of hope um, mm. and a journey that there is something on the other side of really, really difficult um, experiences and, you know, really, really difficult full lives. So mm. um, let's I just want to uh, sort of push in a little bit more to your younger years experiences, if that's okay. Yeah, okay. No, I have no problem sharing anything whatsoever. Okay, so first, I'm, I'm, you know, you talked about that that negative programming and where like the self sabotaging came in. You really mm-hmm. ascribed to that from childhood all the way through um, Mm -hmm. your 20s and then possibly beyond. I just know that's where we're at in our story. Mm -hmm. Um, This programming, because, you know, it can come from so many places and I know. Oh, yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Let's talk about a little bit for you. Are you able to talk about where was it family? Was it environment? Was it a mix of those things? Was it school, social pressure? Like where? Yeah. Where were you? Where was the programming and, and why, what were you hardest on, hardest on yourself about? Um, I was always, uh, I was always a competitor. My grandfather played, uh, a, a year or two, I don't know, professional baseball. Okay. Um, and my dad went to school on a golf scholarship. And so I was like, I wanted, you know, I wanted mm-hmm. to make my dad proud and, you know, be a good sports kid too. And so um, but I was really hard on myself. And also when I know that when my brother was born, and this is all stuff I discovered as I was doing the work that, right. that I do now and, and healing, right? So when my brother was born, I realized that like he stole my thunder. You know, mm-hmm. I was the first born, he was the second born. So, you know, and then I felt lonely. And I also realized that I used, um, I, I didn't like school. I was, I got good grades, but I just, I hated going to school. I would rather be outside playing like any other kid. Right. And so I use getting sick 
to skip school. You know, I tell my mom, you know, I put hold my hold the thermometer up to the light bulb and then, you know, stick it back in her mouth and, you know, get out of <laughs> get out of school. And like I was yep. always faking the, I had a friend that got poison ivy and then I went into the woods and like run poison <laughs> poison ivy on myself to get poison ivy. And then, you know, I did stuff like that just to get out of school. And then I realized as doing stuff like that, you know, I was re- I was rewarding myself by not going to school by being sick. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, I was programming myself to to get sick, to be sick, you know? Wow. And it was like, you know, years later, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I was doing that. So I mean stuff like that that was happening. And then the running thing, when my when I was 12 years old, my parents sat my brother and I down. They were like, we're getting a divorce. And I was grew up in a small town in North Carolina. And, like, that was the first that – I mean, I knew what it was, but none of my friends had parents that got divorced. Right. And I was like – I just freaked out. I just, like, jumped off the bed, like, ran out of the bedroom, right, ran mm-hmm. through the house and, like, out, you know, out through into the woods, right? And I, I came back later that night because I was hungry. That was the only person I came back, right? <laughs> but that was a, that was my de facto response. Like when I got anxious, when I got scared, when I got you know fearful or angry, like I just run. Right. And like I realized, like that was my program. You know, when I got when the same thing was when I got into cocaine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I ran, and I you know I left I left the states. I left a six figure job. I was making really good money, and I just ran. And then I would ended up in uh, you know I ended up in. Uh, Taiwan, and I ran from there. I ended up in Vietnam, I ran from there. I ended up in Spain, I ran from there. I ended up in Mexico, I ran from there. And all these times, I was, you know, I was also uh, getting sick, and I was using uh, using that to get myself out of situations, and it was just just complicating my life over and over and over again. And like I said, I mean, before I healed, uh, like before, like uh, I really snapped. Like um, I was in Vietnam, I was passing out in the gutters in a third world country, like sniffing, uh, snorting heroin. And, you know, while like these people are like working their butts off and here's like white privilege me, you're just, you know, making an ass. Can I say ass? Yeah, yes, you can. <laughs> making, an, all right, making an ass out of myself. Right. And it's just like, but it was, you know, it wasn't, and it was just, it just, that was the way I was beating myself up. With, you know, and I, I, and I could, couldn't figure out like what was going on. Why, why I can, continued to do it to do this and at that point i called my brother like that was in my late 30s i was like 37 i was like dude I, I've, I've lost everything i have absolutely nothing left he's like come back we'll sort you out and um so i got back to the states and i realized like oh, i don't know like I, I enjoyed being overseas i just screwed that uh that up how do how am i gonna get out of this so i was like all right i like traveling i'm good at writing i'll just like start a blog get a beat up bicycle and ride my bicycle across the States. And, you know, during that time, I'll write some reviews about places and, you know, write, you know, write articles about this place and that place. And then, you know, I'll be, I'll be a travel writer. Hey, <laughs> well, like, yeah. <laughs> I, and then like, I made it to the others to the, I made it from East coast to West coast. And, but you know, that never, nothing ever came of it. So then I went back and, I ended up with my aunt and uncle and my aunt got breast cancer and I was drinking, like, I was still drinking a fish. And that was, that was, that was, that was it. So it was basically me and my aunt and uncle, they had done all the right things. They had, uh, you know, they worked hard, they had saved and, you know, they had made a really nice life for themselves. And here I was just like squandering everything. I had nothing to my name, you know, 
and you know, my aunt just got breast cancer. And I was like, you know, I've tried, I've tried to kill myself multiple times and it didn't work. And here's this woman who worked her butt off and like, and she's dying or maybe, you know, she's got this disease that she's dealing with. And like, she didn't ask for that. You know, I've asked for all this pain, but I still didn't, you know, mm. didn't knock myself off. So it was like, all right, I got to get it, get it together. And that's when it, that's when it started. That's when my journey started. Okay. Thank you again. I, I know there's so many, there's so many vulnerable pieces speaking about this and, um, so yeah, I appreciate no you, uh, you know, and, and I guess one of my other questions, because it's so interesting, um, you know, the word running, uh, mm-hmm. Do you, and and also um, sort of in combination with the alcohol and the drug use uh, is, can be sort of looked at as running, so to speak. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, definitely. The escaping. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you were escaping or running from yourself, your circumstances or a combination or something else? Like what? Um, I do know that I didn't like, I didn't really feel like the way that I felt about myself. I was not, I was not super, super confident. Like mm-hmm. I lost a lot of my confidence and then like through all the stuff that I put myself through. Right. So I just kept building this track record of failing and, you know, getting beaten down and, you know, and having all these accents and stuff like, I mean, my, uh, you know, after a while, my, 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 my moral view of myself was pretty, pretty bad. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, the voices in my head were really, really negative. You know, the self-talk was just, just brutal. Debilitating. And yeah. Yeah. Really debilitating. And honestly, like the drinking actually cut it off. Like when I was, when I was drunk, which was most of the time, like the voices stopped. And, mm. you know, wow. and I was, you know, I was a happy drunk. You know, I was, I was just kind of laid back and cool, but, um, uh, you know, I was, yeah, it was, it was it was relaxing for me, but I was just was doing me no good whatsoever. Wow. Obviously. Wow. Okay. So I I feel like, um, you know, in my head, I have a pretty full picture of the beginning, and mm-hmm. you also <laughs> you then said, uh, you know, when you went when your aunt uh got breast cancer, um, mm-hmm. you know, that was sort of the beginning of this next part the healing part of your journey Mm -hmm. let's push into that space and learn a little bit more about that cool yeah Yeah, i just i mean i started the first thing i was like i just i stopped drinking like immediately Mm -hmm. i just i was like this is it like you know this is not working whatever i'm doing is not working so i was like i've got to do it like complete 180 so i did and you know I went through the normal withdrawal stuff and, you know, but I got myself together and you know, I started meditating and I just started reading everything that I could get my hands on. Just oh, yeah. whatever it was anything that was like self-help. I read it. And I think the first book that I read was uh, the first self-help book I read was love yourself. Like your life depends on it. Mm. And so it's basically this uh, Silicon Valley dude when it was depressed and he basically loved himself out of the depression. And so I, I was like, oh, I dig that. So I put a sticky note on my uh, mirror. It says, I love you. And I remember looking at that note and I was like, that's, 
just BS. Like, I, I hate this person. I'm disgusted by this person. Like, I, I can't say it. I remember just ripping it down after a while. And I, I kept doing the stuff that I was doing. I did Tony Robbins. I did Joe Dispenza. I did, like, my, I spent, you know, thousands of dollars on Mind Valley courses. Like, I did affirmations. I did everything that I could think of. And, like, everything, I would take, like, one step forward and then just one step back. And it was just, like, it was like a shuffle. Like I was making zero progress whatsoever, just nothing. Wow. And um, yeah, it was just it was just brutal. And then I just kept thinking, like you know, I've done like I've done this to myself, and I was I'm there's no way I'm getting out of it. Like I've just created this this, this spiral, this uh this cycle that I'm stuck in, and I'm, and this is this is this must be my life now. And but. I know I was just going to say, you said, I've done this to myself. And that seems like to me, the one step back, you know, you, mm. you read the self-help book, which gets you one step forward and you understand, but then you say, I've done this to myself because I don't like, mm. so it's, I can imagine how frustrating that back and oh, forth, so, back and forth was. I can only so imagine. But, but the thing yeah. is with the, what I've learned with, with what I do now is that frustration is frustration can be our salvation because mm-hmm. the way things work is that like we have we have our conscious intentions right so what our hopes and dreams are what we want to accomplish and then so if you imagine two gears right so the conscious gear would be on top and then the subconscious gears are programming right mm-hmm. so the way you feel about yourself the emotions that you program that are dictating the way the things that you think say do feel and energize right so you know the friction that we feel is like your conscious wishes of like you know I'm gonna do this and the subconscious like <laughs> <no>, you <yeah." laughs> and that friction that is where that's when we know like you know when you feel frustration that's when you know like boom that's my that's my that's my thing that's what I need to work on. Oh, I love that visual. The two gears, the conscious and the subconscious, and it's really mm-hmm. interesting because you know consciously speaking we don't think about our subconscious or like to think about it or like to give it attention or like to believe that it actually has that type of power and control over us. It is so powerful. Yes. So powerful. I did a video the other day, like this whole, uh, what is it? Narcissism thing. It's Mm. been like, it's been trending recently, right? Everybody's narcissist. Now it's narcissist. This. Uh, I looked into, yeah, I just looked in the, the definition, the WebMD definition of uh, narcissism. And it's like um, a person who, uh, who uh, oh, what was it? I can't remember exactly what it was. Hold on a second. Yeah, that's um, fine. But yeah, it's, uh, oh yeah, uh, narcissism, uh, extreme self-involvement to the degree that it makes a person ignore the needs of those around them, right? Mm-hmm. So you think away, think of the way that the subconscious works, right? Subconscious, it runs all the inner programming, right? And it in our from our in our in our young childhood, what happens is like it, it starts embodying the emotions and, and the things that we experience in life. So then when we when another instance happens in the future, then it can cue that same response. And then, you know, keep it, keep the attention on running, you know, running the inner workings of what's going on. Right. So basically the subconscious programs us at a very young age. And then those programs dictate the the rest of our lives, the way we feel about love, money, sex, the opposite sex, food, exercise, every single thing in the world. Right. 
And so our subconscious is, is the most narcissistic entity that because it, you know, it, it just, uh, it, it, it's it ignores, all- it ignores our conscious self, right? So it yeah. keeps us in a mm-hmm. routine. It keeps us by us staying in a routine, by doing us doing comfortable, by us being jaded and, you know, staying on the cell phone and just, you know, running and staying, staying, staying busy. That's the, the domain of the subconscious and staying in that subconscious. You are staying in the programs to get out of that. You've got to step out and you've got to do, you've got to be in, uncomfortable. You've got to push yourself and you've got to do, you know, you got to do things that are getting you out of that routine. Oh, I love that you said being uncomfortable because this is something that I uh, do a lot of work with and speaking on. And it's, you know, we are programmed and this is something maybe you can answer it, maybe not. But I feel like it's a natural human tendency. So not even programming, but biologically speaking, um, almost goes into that fight or flight. Like we don't like to be in discomfort because discomfort could be dangerous, almost like a natural human instinct. However, it's not that danger is around us anymore here in 2022, but well, there actually, that's a lie. There's some, there's definitely a lot. (laughs) There's a lot of danger around us. However, different types of danger, not necessarily our uh, ancestral ancestral danger where it was that fight or flight instinctual response but Mm. that place of comfort like you said um we we love to sit in it we love to not have to step out into vulnerability and discomfort but that's where the growth happens that's where the realizations Mm. happen but you know it it, it's just kind of crazy because that comfort is it's part of our programming right like it's No, it is it, exactly. It is. It is. That is the. That is the domain. That is how the subconscious works. That mm-hmm. is how the subconscious, you know, keeps us by being comfortable, by being in that program, by being in that routine. Mm-hmm. The subconscious doesn't have to worry about. You know, it doesn't have to go to fight or flight. It can just stay. You know, in homeostasis or whatever. So. Yeah. You know, that is uh, that is the control it has over us. And that's why I said so it's that entity, that subconscious is so narcissistic because it has that control over us without doesn't care what we hope or what we dream or, you know, the things that we want to do. It just wants to, like, focus on what's going on on the inside. Right. Yeah. So and if we if we choose not to recognize it by nature of what it is, we we actually could go through life without ever paying it attention though we, yeah just asleep yeah i mean again yeah though it would i'm sure cause complications and problems and what we're gonna you know what you've already spoken on and such like the the negativity and the debilitating thoughts and feelings yeah. and such but if if we choose not to pay attention to it for our whole lives we we could do that but it would be a really difficult and trying a lot of people do right yeah just go through life you know stuck on the same things and the same same belief patterns the same thoughts the same feelings that they that they program when they were children and those those you know that's the sad thing is like the things that we program in children dictate our lives like you know 20 30 40 50 60 70 80 like until we die unless we change right yes you know it's just it's really and and so many people go through that you know going back to the whole comfort thing like you know eleanor roosevelt she was the, i think she she said something 
I'm paraphrasing here, but she was like, you know, do one uncomfortable thing each day. And, you know, and you look at like the most successful people in business or relationships or anything, like they're always like, they're always pushing the envelope. Right. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, by, you know, by pushing the envelope, they're staying one step ahead of the subconscious. And, you know, then they're, they're staying ahead of that program. Yeah. Oh, So there's so much that I feel like we could really dive into right now. Um, But (laughs) what I really want to know is is sort of the the inception of Amoni and how you came Mm -hmm. up with this. And, you know, because it seems like we're on that track now. Where where did you realize that, like, you know, you have these tools that you can put together to sort of create this um, new level of functioning or awareness? Um, let's see, I was in, let's see, I, I ended up back in Taiwan and the girl that I met, um, who is now my wife, um, the first night, the first, the first, our first date, I told her I was going to marry her, but ended up, ended that. up having her. I love that um, so much. <laughs> but as, as good as we were together when we were good, like we, as we were just as bad when we were bad, right? Yeah. We had some really, uh, like, really brutal arguments Mm -hmm. and like i was already going through my healing journey and then like she as you know as we met like i brought her along and like she started going like she came along for the ride and um so you know our last argument a few years ago was like all right this is it like either because i like up until then i had done everything on my own like uh-huh. all the books, like I had done everything. I'd read everything on my own. Like I, and I'd pulled into my own world and like, I didn't want to have anything to do with anybody. I was just, I was just working on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like ex- excluded everybody. I had no friends and I still have very few friends. Um, but, you know, and I'm still working on myself and you know doing my own thing. But, um, we, yeah, we, we got to that point. And so a friend of ours is a Buddhist monk and she introduced us to this guy who, who took people through a program called the spiral. Okay. It was uh, invented by this Australian guy and it is the foundation of what I do now. And the first, my first session with the guy was like, boom, like everything else I had tried, like move the needle and then I would go right back. You know, I'd still, when I met my wife, like nothing had changed, like financially, like, I mean, just nothing, nothing had changed. Um, my mindset was like the meditation calmed me and settled with me when I was meditating. But after that, you know, I'd still just, ah, you know, yeah. <laughs> lose it when I wasn't <laughs> meditating. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I went through this program and just bam, just like that. Really? The first session, I cried for probably, you know, probably half a day. Wow. And then as I was going through this, uh, going through this, this session with this guy, like, uh, I love, I lost like 20 pounds and mm. I'm about 5'10", 175 pounds. Like, and I'm trim. I'm not somebody that should lose 20 pounds. Yeah. And I like, I lost. And it was just, and that is, you know, I've discovered and I've, I've witnessed this with, with other individuals going through this process is that, you know, when we, when we embody emotions, we actually like, we hold on to them. Mm-hmm. Like they are physically a part of us. Like we bury them in our bodies. And when I went through this process, I was basically like, like uh, washing out these emotions and the physical matter that they were attached to. Wow. And so it's um, unbelievable. So, 
So I went through that and like things like instantly changed. Like my outlook in life got a lot better. Um, but my relationship with my wife is still so rocky. The addiction thing was just, I actually got to the, I finished that the course with him. And then I was like, you know, man, if like, if we're, we've hit all these emotions that I, that I, that I, uh, program as a kid and we're keeping me self-sabotaging then i should be able to drink he's like i was like have you ever had anybody that you you know that was you know a former uh had problems with alcohol or drugs and then you know tried he's like uh, i wouldn't recommend it i was like whatever dude like if we did it i should be able to do it like right. theoretically right and he was like yeah but i still i was like oh, okay cool so i did it and um I waited a few months and I had a, I had a glass of wine and I was like, Oh, cool. I had a glass of wine. I've never done that before. That was cool. <laughs> and then the next weekend I had two and the next weekend I had three and the next weekend I had a bottle and I was like, Whoa, I could feel that monster mm. waking up in me again. I was like that. I didn't do it. I didn't get it. So I went back and I pieced together what I had learned from him. Um, and then I just started digging deeper and boom, I did it. I, I can have a beer now. Um, I choose, I usually choose not to, but the beautiful thing about it is it's my choice. Mm, Now I can choose to have one. Yeah. Yes. And that is, that is the self-awareness that happens through this, uh, through this work that I do now is that it gives you a choice. It, It wakes you up to the things that you were doing, that you were saying that you were feeling. And it gives you, boom, just a snapshot and like, Here's what you were doing. All right. This is you. All right. You know that the choices that you made gave you this result. Now, if you want to make other choices to get this result, now you can do so. And so, yeah, this is, uh, that's the basis of what I do now. And, uh, it's, 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 like I said, it's, it's life changing. It's amazing. That's really incredible. And you said that, that this all came from uh, the Buddhist monk that you practiced with called the Spiral was the program. Yeah, that was the initial program. And that like it really like really leveled me up like huge. It was unbelievable. So I went through I now use the muscle testing, the meridian chart, which was from the the spiral that mm-hmm. I, I picked up, you know, the practices that I learned from from that muscle testing and stuff. And then I added on to it the uh, the pranayamic breath, which is the Amo mm-hmm. breath. Okay. I named Amo Ni Amo Ni because Amo in Spanish means I love and Ni in Chinese means you. So like this is a blended philosophy. Wow. So basically, yeah, I mean it directly translates into I love you. And also because the remember that book that I told you about the uh, love yourself first mm-hmm. or something like that. I can't remember the exact <laughs> name of it, but so as, as I was doing this work, I actually like fell in love with myself. And so that is the goal that when I work with people now, like I want them to be able to like, you know, when we do this work, uh, you will fall in love with yourself. So Wow. Very, very empowering and inspiring. And I really, I especially appreciate um, the connections that it seems like both in this practice that you're doing now, but also the ones that you've touched on, sort of that release of emotional tension and stress also actually released physical weight. Um, it's unbelievable, the mind-body connection that really we that. have. And we love to think, again, you know, if, 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 
if we stayed in our programmed ways, we'll think that these are two separate things because they feel like two separate things. And we don't even have an idea of what the mind looks like. How could we? So it, can, it couldn't be part of the physical. But it is so incredible how inextricably connected they are to each other. And that is a huge testament. But also just the fact that you're saying, you know, the, you use different, um, I'm sorry, was it muscle meridian? Yeah, muscle Mus- testing, meridian points, pranayamic te- breath, the ama breath, which y- is, uh, it, yeah. It's all physical practices to mm. improve mental, um, you know, wellness, essentially. Yeah. Really really, really interesting. And I just think uh, that is, it's incredible, the power that we have over both the mind and the body, but also the power that they jointly have together. Well, uh, Bo, we are winding down in the last uh, 10 or so minutes of the show. So there's a few things that I want to do. First, I'd like to do a fun rapid fire question round. And then uh, after that, we're going to, I'm going to just leave you the floor to um, leave listeners with your final thoughts, um, words, ideas, encouragement, whatever you might want to leave them with. And then you can let everyone know where you can, they can find you. Okay. All right. So uh, we're going to do this rapid fire question round. At the beginning of the show, I said we were going to talk about three things, development, decision making, and a dedication to purpose. I mean, just by hearing your story, we heard the development of your process. We heard those decision making places in your life that both pushed you forward and pulled you back. You know, the ones where you said, this is it. I'm going to end. I'm going to quit this cold turkey, X, Y, and Z. So um, you really brought us there. And purpose, it just feels like you're living in your purpose now. Um, I might be making an an assumption, but it seems like you found the place in your place in the world where you are bringing forth um, who you are and being able to uh, help others with that. So that's a beautiful thing. It sure is. So uh, these three questions are going to be on those three things. Uh, The first is development. Currently in this place in your life, do you feel like you're working more on personal development or professional development? Uh, Professional. Professional. All right. Uh, The next question, I'm going to ask it and then give you a little bit of a descriptor. Um, So when it comes to decision making, do you make your decisions based more on choice, meaning you follow numbers, science, analytics, et cetera, or guiding voice where you follow gut feeling, intuition, spirituality, or something of that sort? Choice or guiding voice, gut feeling, guiding voice. Got it. That seems to be, uh, you know, even the people who I bring on here who might have a more analytic or science type background. It's so interesting that so many people will say uh, guiding voice. You know, they're like, oh, you know, the number the numbers can confirm. But my first line of decision making is, you know, what? what I'm being told with myself. Yeah, what does it feel? Really interesting. I love to hear people's answers to that. Uh, The final one is on purpose, and this one is sticky. Uh, I don't know that there's that I'll ever know the answer. I kind of just like to hear people's thoughts on it. But when okay. it when it comes to purpose, uh, do you believe that it is something? Uh, well, do you believe that it's nature or nurture? Something that we're born with, and you know, 
we discover along the way or something that sort of comes to us along the way with experience and uh, moments in life? For me, it was, uh, for me, it was nurture. It came, you know, came through my experiences. Mm. Um, you know, some people, some people early on just know, right. They know what they're, I mean, I had a, I had a, I remember I had a friend in, you know, uh, elementary school and they wanted to be a doctor and they ended up becoming a doctor. It's like, you know, that was like, if you ask them, like, you know, when they were in third grade, like, I'm going to be a doctor. Like, really? How do you know? How do you know that? (laughs) Right. I was like, I was, I was like eight years old and I was like eating Play-Doh. I was like, I don't know what I want to do, right? This guy knows what he wants to be a doctor. <laughs> I totally get that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so nurture. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where um, we don't know as human beings either. Are, are we by, are we nature or nurture, you know? And I yeah. think that there's a combination of both. I think it's interesting just to look at purpose through that lens. So, um uh, in these last couple of minutes, Bo, it, the floor is yours. Please, um, whatever thoughts, ideas, um, or anything else that you want to bring to the audience, please feel free to do so and let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah, um, I guess, I don't know. I'll start off the, the place to find me is the website, amoneclear.com. Um, and then also the YouTube channel. Um, those are my big two big things I'm working on right now. As far as what to leave people with, I don't know. I think just... Uh, Oh, you know, take the journey. Like, don't, don't, don't be afraid to, you know, don't be afraid. To, I hate saying don't, um, be adventurous. Mm, uh, okay. I like that. Do. And also another thing, like be selfish. You know, um, when you, I find that when you're, when we start becoming selfish, then, you know, not to the extent like, you know, like the whole narcissism, you know, example that we were talking about earlier so you're just like you know totally a jerk or whatever but i mean you gotta you gotta set aside time for yourself you know you gotta you like there's no way you know my dad and my uncle both died in their early 70s so they both died a few years ago and you know i love both those men like looked up to both of them but you know the thing is like they didn't take care of themselves you know Mm -hmm. they both you know they both did stuff to their bodies that you know that there's a reason they're not here mm. and you know and it was always like you know it was always like you know oh you know i'll get it you know no you're not like if you're not doing it now then you know why would you do it in the future right so like make yourself a priority like right now yes uh, and be selfish you know and you know if you need to like you know go into work a few minutes later if you know to go to like to walk around the block or get some exercise or if you need to or if you need to you know whatever you need to do but like you know just make sure you put yourself first because like you how can you take care of others if you don't take take care of yourself right so and the thing the healing thing too is like you know when you when you work on healing yourself when you work on getting better you make those around you better so you know it's it's just like it's a it's a giving it's a whole giving thing it's just like the whole cycle perpetuates itself so by Actually, by being selfish, you're not being selfish because yeah. you're by being selfish, you're getting better. And then you're making the people around you better as well. So it's just like it's just like it's fuel for the fire. You know, I absolutely love it. The, I love the concept of reframing selfishness as well, because we 
who is going to take care of us if we don't take care of us? Exactly. Who's, who's going to put us first if we don't put ourselves first? Obviously, it's just not, we have to, uh, we have to embrace that selfishness, that idea that, um, we are the ones guiding this vessel and, and in order to be able to serve others, we have to serve ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so, so much, Bo. It was a, a true pleasure. Um, I, I sincerely I loved this conversation. And um, until next time, let this be the moment.